Welcome back to Zach News on Riot Radio. I'm your host, Zach Kingston, and this show is all about sports, news, political news, science news, and more. Today we'll be discussing the following. Coronavirus, government funding, and taxes, as well as a historic agreement between two countries. Misconceptions continue to persist about the effectiveness as well as privacy relating to the COVID Alert app, which has been supported by the Canadian government as well as the Ontario government. After closing his Barrie, Ontario cafe for a day recently, Rene Segura checked his smartphone and saw a reassuring message. No exposure detected, the screen read. Like 1.9 million other Canadians, Segura downloaded the COVID alert app on the understanding that it would notify him if he spent time in close contact with a known coronavirus carrier. Launched by the federal government on July 31st and so far only operational in Ontario, the app was designed to warn users if they spent more than 15 minutes in the past two weeks within two meters of another user who later tested positive for the coronavirus. Having surged a near-death encounter with COVID-19, Segura has an extra incentive to use the app. I will still have my guard up, Segura said. I don't want to go through the same episode again. The app, which works on later model Apple and Android devices, has received positive reviews from privacy advocates. But myths persist about data and if it's collected. Experts in both the technology and public health sector stress that more people who use it, the better. However, they say it doesn't need to be adopted by a majority of the population for it to have a positive impact. The Durham Region Public Health Department is advising the public to avoid coming in contact with Lake Scugog. This is after a recent sample confirmed the presence of blue-green algae in the water. The Regional Health Department received the results from the Ministry of Environment, Conservation and Parks on August 7th, and Sugog posted a statement on August 10th. The water samples were taken from Kinsman Beach, located at Palmer Park in downtown Port Perry. Further results of the analysis of toxins associated with the blue-green algae bloom are pending and may result in further actions regarding to public access to the beach according to the region. A water quality advisory sign will be posted at the beach to inform the public of the concerns associated with the blue-green algae. As the current test results from the ministry indicate the presence of blue-green algae in the water at Kinsman's Beach, we want the people to be aware that the situation of the situation take precautions to protect themselves and, ad- and avoid contact with the water. And this is according to Laura Friedland, manager of the health of protection within the Durham Region Health Department. And she said this in a statement. With warmer temperatures coming, the potential for increased algae growth. That is why it is important for people to look at the water for potential signs of blue-green algae, which could include scum or matte algae on water surfaces. Blue-green algae is a microscopic plant-like organism that occurs naturally in ponds, rivers, lakes, streams, and although blue-green color in the algae can also be seen as olive green or red, residents are advised to be cautious as some can produce toxins which may be harmful to humans who drink fish or bathe in this water. In an online posting made on August 10th, the Scugog Lake stewardess said the emergence of blue-green algae is not uncommon. This is expected in the area at this time of the year in this heat. Following heavy rains, so many pollutants are pulled off the land through storm sewers, heavily populated urban Port Perry, they said in a statement. 
This is why we need to build the Lake Scugog Enhancement Project to help treat the water before it reaches the lakes, for the good of the whole lake. Durham has also raised the alarm bells about, about blue-green algae in Lake Scugog during the summer of 2017. People can protect themselves as well as their pets from blue-green algae blooms by not swimming or playing in areas where the water is discolored or where foam or scum or mats of algae occur along the water surfaces are present. Children or pets should not play or drink in water where area of beach advisory is posted. Consuming fish from these areas where mats of algae are present where swimming advisory is posted is also not advisable. For more information about the blue-green algae or the Health Department's Beach Monitoring Program, visit durham.ca slash speeches or call the Durham Health Connection line at 905-668-2020. The technology industry in Waterloo, Ontario, hopes to provocate billboard campaign in the Silicon Valley and hopes that it will entice anxious tech workers to move to Canada. Common Tech, a Kitchener company that advocates for Canadian tech industry, has spent $100,000 on nine full-size billboards stationed at key points along Highway 101 from San Francisco to Santa Clara, California. The billboards ask, what if my visa gets cancelled, and what if I lose my job and health insurance? Against the red and white backdrop of the Canadian flag, underneath there is a Comintech com web address. The campaign refers to a recent suspension by some workers' visas by U.S. President Donald Trump. Among them is the H-1B visa, which is popular among tech workers. All these people who potentially won't be able to work in America are absolutely top talented from around the world, says Common Tech CEO Lane Klungman. Klung, Klung, Klungman. The message we're trying to deliver to them is to say, hey, you know what? If you can't work or you lose your job, we would like you to think about Canada. Workers who, com who contact Common Tech will get information about Canadian work permits and jobs, borders, including opportunities across the country from Viatech in BC to Volta Labs in Nova Scotia, said the person. In the United States, H1, H1B visas are available to up to 85,000 people for a year. They're for workers with highly specialized knowledge and having a minimum of bachelor's degree, often in science, technology, engineering, teaching, and accounting. Carolyn said, who covers business and technology for San Francisco Chronicle, says that the freeze on the H-1Bs visas was upsetting to the people in the industry. I think that people fear it's very short-sighted, according to her. More than half of the big companies here were started either by immigrants or by children of immigrants, and by cutting off future immigrants, we're cutting off future Googles of tomorrow. The volatility drives margin profits. So history shows that political volatility often pushes skilled migrant workers on the move. And this is according to demographic demographer Michael Han. Highly skilled migrants are extremely mobile and they often react quickly, quite strongly to local political conditions because of their bargaining power in other labor markets is so high. Han, a professor of sociology at Windsor University, Western University in London, Ontario. In the late 1980s, early 1990s, and even in the 2000s, immigrants came to Canada from Hong Kong in advance of the planned handover in 1997 from British control to China, according to Han. Interesting 
Interesting to move interest in moving to Canada has gone up again during the recent Brexit in the UK. He thinks the current freeze on US visas could lead to a similar situation. People who are in the United States on those visas, particularly if they're mobile and particularly if they're high skilled, they probably won't put it up with it for very long, he said. Jay Judkowitz moved to Canada in twenty seventeen and is now a permanent resident. He's grateful for the opportunity to work in this region. Jay Judkowitz, who works for the Kitchener Robotics company ClearPath, moved to Canada in 2017 after spending a bulk of his career in the Silicon Valley. Jay was drawn by the prospect of a more stable future for his two kids, and now he's grateful to be here. ClearPath was founded in the Waterloo region in 2009 and has many employees from the United States, according to the technology officer. We need more experienced people and we need more mentors for all those new and exciting companies which will be starting in our region. Since these billboard, since this billboard campaign was launched on July 27th, and more than 75 people have signed their names to a list requesting more information about working in Canada, Leo and the United Arab Emirates have re- have reached a historic deal to normalize diplomatic relations. Israel has agreed to suspend applying sovereignty to areas of the West Bank. This came on Thursday that will lead to full normalization of diplomatic relations between the two Middle Eastern nations in an agreement that U.S. President Donald Trump helped broker. Under the agreement, Israel agreed to suspend applying sovereignty to areas in the West Bank that has been discussing annexing senior White House officials, told Reuters. So the UAE Minister for State and Foreign Affairs said Thursday that any further Israel annexation of Palestinian territory would have handed hopes for peace in the region. In our interview with Sky News, the minister stated that after the announcement the UAE had agreed to deal normalized relationships with Israel, had dismissed the ticking time bomb that was threatening the two-state solution. The peace deal was a product of lengthy discussions between Israel, the UAE, and the U.S. that recently accelerated, according to White House officials. The agreement was sealed in a phone call Thursday between Trump, Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, as well as the Crown Prince of Abu Dhabi. The officials described the agreement to be known as the Abram Accords, as the first of its kind since the Israel and Jordan signed a peace treaty in 1994. It also gives Trump a foreign policy success as he seeks re-election this year on November 3rd. The Port Perry Lions Club will be hosting a bottle drive fundraiser at the end of August. Proceeds from this August 29th fundraiser are earmarked for the Scugog Service Club as well as the Port Perry Scott Hall Restoration Fund, which is aiming to install a new roof on a Simcoe Street landmark. The Lions Clubs will be accepting beer, liquor, and wine empties between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. The bottle drive will be contactless. Drivers can drive up and their trunks and doors will be open and volunteers will unload their vehicle. This will take place at the Port Perry Scout Hall at 15585 Samco Street. For more information, contact Secretary Karen Thompson at 705-878-5303. This February is when Ajax residents will learn of a possible tax hike. Residents will know how much their property taxes will be going up in February, as Ajax Council approved a budget timeline with February 22nd tentatively set for the day Council approves the 2021 operating budget. How much will taxes increase will be debated in November of this year. 
Ajax approves its capital budget in December each year. By doing the capital portion of the budget earlier than the operating part, town officials feel they can get projects out to tender earlier and get better pricing. A council and a public education session is set for November 9th, and that will include the impact of the COVID-19 lockdown that it's had on the town's budget. August 31st is the deadline for councillors to provide the department heads with possible operating budget changes. The UN Secretary General is warning that COVID-19 pandemic not only threatens gains in fighting global poverty and building peace, but risks exacerbating existing conflicts and generating new ones. He told the Security Council meeting on the challenge of sustaining peace during the pandemic that his March 23rd call for an immediate ceasefire in conflicts around the world to tackle coronavirus led to a number of wearing parties taking steps to de-escalate and stop fighting. Yet, regrettably, in many instances, the pandemic did not move the parties to suspend hostilities or agree on a permanent ceasefire. The federal government will extend the Canada-U.S. land border closure for another 30 days until September 21st, according to Minister Bill Blair, who is the Safety Minister of Canada, and he said this in a tweet on Friday. Bill Blair's tweet read, We are extending the reciprocal restrictions at the Canada-U.S. border for another 30 days until September 21st, 2020. We will continue to do what is necessary to keep our communities safe. And that was all in the tweet from Minister of Safety, Bill Blair. Canada's top doctors say they are striving for the best-case scenario this fall, but are preparing for the worst, as the so-called peak of COVID-19 could occur this fall across the country and threatens to overwhelm the public health care system in Canada. Chief Public Health Officer Dr. Theresa Tam and Deputy Public Health Officer Dr. Howard Newton presented new modeling on the coronavirus Friday, flagging a potential surge in cases several times worse than what we've seen so far in Canada. Ontario is allowing gyms and recreation centers to increase their capacity limits as of tomorrow at 12.01 a.m. with additional public health restrictions. Premier Doug Ford made the announcement today, Friday afternoon, as the province confirmed an additional 92 cases. Up to 50 people will be allowed per room with physical distancing limits in place. The Premier noted that many gyms and fitness centers are often run by small business owners who employ many people and can be vital parts of their communities. We want to help every business we can to get back on their feet and recover to serve residents and hire back more workers, he said. Under the Federal Provincial Restart Program, Uxbridge Township will receive $489,200 in emergency funding for Uxbridge as part of the Federal-Provincial Partnership to deliver $4 billion in assistance to Ontario municipalities. Mayor Dave Barton of Uxbridge says this money will make things a lot easier in Uxbridge. This money will not solve all of the deficit problems that Uxbridge has had, however, it will have a huge impact on reducing that deficit significantly. As a result of the deficit, Uxbridge has had to maintain the closure of the Ux pool as well as the Uxbridge Arena in order to prevent that deficit from going up anymore. Uxbridge Council approved a motion to reopen the Ux pool on September 8, 2020. This with restrictions and limitations in place due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Only a couple of people will be allowed in the pool at a time. For lane swimming, that will be six people, and for aquafit, that will be 15 people allowed in the pool. 
and only a small, minimal number of people will be allowed in the change room, thus the reason you must book ahead before swimming at the X pool coming this year. In October, council staff is due to report back to the to council in order to report about the feasibility and how the reopening of the pool is going. All services offered at the Ox Pool will be pay-as-you-go until further notice. Thank you very much for tuning in to Zach News on Riot Radio. I look forward to seeing you back here next week and hope you have a very great week. Playing us out today on riotradio.ca is... Don't stop by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs>